to see a like a young parent with kind of a devastating injury. And I remember thinking on evaluation, like, wow, I don't know if I'm going to get this poor woman better. Um, and you just plug away with what you had and have, and she did get better um, and she's doing great. So that, that's one of my favorite, favorite stories. Welcome to Fit as a Fiddle. My name is Dr. Sneha Ghazi, and I'm a physical therapist and business owner in New York City. Each episode, we bring you phenomenal guests in the health and wellness industry who share inspiring tips and tangible advice. This podcast is for a community of people who want to keep their mind, body, and spirit healthy and thriving. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please subscribe, review, and enjoy the show. Welcome to our second episode. Here we continue our conversation on pelvic floor physical therapy with our next guest, Kimberly Glow. She's a Boston-based physical therapist and she treats orthopedics and particularly focuses on the pelvic floor rehab. She believes in the healing power of movement and the power of the biopsychosocial connection. Kim has been involved in so many different community-based education programs, lecture demonstrations in yoga studios, during instructor trainings, postpartum support groups, and support groups for those afflicted with neurological diseases. In 2017, Kim was invited to guest lecture on the topic of physical therapy's role in the treatment of vulvovaginal dermatological conditions during the American Urogyne Society's annual conference, and she's also lectured to several medical residents at Tufts Medical Center. We are so excited to have you on board with us today, Kim. Hi, everybody. I'm Kim. Um, like Sneha said, I am a pelvic floor physical therapist. Um, I treat women, men, and kids um, for pelvic floor dysfunction, which we'll talk a little bit more about. Um, currently, I practice at Mass General in Waltham, and um, I've been doing this almost four years now. Awesome. Um, what brought you to pelvic floor physical therapy? What interested you and kind of drew you to this field? Yeah, so um, I've always had an interest in medicine. So I knew from a very young age that I wanted to go into healthcare in some capacity. And um, most of my childhood, I actually wanted to become a midwife or an OB and deliver babies. Um, and at some point in college, I decided that working through the middle of the night <laughs> and being on call was not going to be the right career option for me. Yeah. So I was looking for something that was similar, um, in nature and somehow landed on PT. Um, and as soon as I found out about this specialty, obviously I was, I was very interested given my interest in obstetrics and maternal health. Um, and so I kind of jumped right in and I had an internship when I was a student to learn more about it and um, continued my mentorship after the fact. And, and now here I am. So I love it. Um, I love what I do. That's awesome. Um, tell us a little bit about what do you think pelvic floor physical therapy does for people, either as a standalone type of physical therapy or as an adjunct to other fields of physical therapy? So the, the way that I like to think about pelvic floor physical therapy is really 
pelvic floor PT is almost just an extension of um, other types of orthopedic therapy. So your pelvic floor has muscles, has ligaments, has bony structures, just like any other part of your body. We just have to access those structures in a different way. Um, and so, and so what I love about it is that, you know, treating bowel, bladder, sexual, abdominal, perinatal dysfunction, um, is kind of like the bread and butter of what we want to do as physical therapists, where, you know, we're trying to get people back to function, back to movement, back to their lives. And if someone's life is interrupted by the fact that they're leaking or they're constipated or they're in pain, um, can really be life-changing for them to have that um, helped or have that changed. And I think that that's why I love what I do is because this is stuff that a lot of people feel is really taboo to talk about. Um, and it, it's so basic to human functioning and so basic to how we um, go about our lives and what we can do, do with our lives. So if somebody wants to get back to running before they fix their knee pain, they might need to fix the fact that they're leaking. Um, or before someone can pick up their baby um, after after delivery, you know, they might need a little bit of help with their core strength and so on and so forth. So I think as a whole, um, it kind of gets down to the basics, um, which I, I really, really love. Um, and then as an adjunct to other types of therapy, like I said, it's really just an extension of what orthopedic therapists are doing and incorporating that part of the body into their care it is really important, whether you're talking about, um, you know, a more direct hip injury, we want to strengthen the pelvic floor, get the pelvic floor involved with that, or if it's something different that is manifesting itself, um, either as a pelvic floor dysfunction or has caused a pelvic floor dysfunction. For example, if somebody's had a fall, they sprain their ankle, they're walking funny, so now their pelvis is a little off kilter, and then they end up with problems down the line. Yeah, and it's funny because I tell a lot of my patients, you know, um, pelvic floor physical therapy is often missing from a lot of plan of care. But if you think about it, whenever we treat a shoulder, we'll always screen the joint above and below. We always screen the neck. We always look at the elbow to make sure those things are functioning correctly. Exactly. So if you think about it, if people, a lot of people have back pain and a lot of people have hip pain. And what's in between that? The pelvis, right? Exactly. They're all muscles, skeletal muscles, just like all the other muscles in our body that are for movement and voluntary function. And so we can voluntarily control them. And, and they can be trained and worked on just like any other part of the body. And it's, you have a point where um, it's amazing how many people don't even know that there are muscles there, don't even know that there is anything there to control or work on. Um, and I find that that's really lacking in our patients' education um, both as a health system in general and even within our own field. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Couldn't agree more. Um, and then tell me a little bit about what your favorite patient case is. So what kind of is like a good success story or something that, you know, some of our listeners can hear and be like, oh yeah, you know, I might have hope if I have something similar to that. Sure. Um, so I have a lot of favorite cases. Um, that I've worked on. Um, but one of the more, I guess, interesting cases um, or uh, one that, you know, might kind of ring home to people is I was seeing a woman um, postpartum 
after the, the delivery of her second babe. And um, she had a, a relatively traumatic birth, use of um, forceps within the delivery. The description was that basically the OB's arm was um, inserted into the vagina to help pull the baby out. Mm. And so um, she presented with to me um, about three months postpartum with complete fecal and urinary incontinence with no sensation that it was happening. So she would leak and have no warning signal at all, which um, as a therapist can be really difficult to, you know, you're worrying about their nervous system, you're worrying about their muscular system, you're worrying about kind of everything and how are we going to get this person um, back to work. Um, and so, uh, you know, one of the things that I first wanted to rule out was, again, any nervous system or neurological dysfunction, which we did and everything kind of checked out, which was good. Um, this poor mama had no pelvic floor control whatsoever. And I was feeling, you know, when we're assessing the muscles and we're assessing for any obstetric trauma, um, I was feeling um, that she could have had an avulsion of one of her muscles um, from the from the forceps delivery. So actually the muscle like kind of torn off the front wall of the pubic bone. And so after treating her for a few weeks and things were not really getting too, too much better, um, I was able to send her um, for imaging with a urogyne and they confirmed my findings, which as a PT, not having x-ray vision, that was a, a pretty cool moment for me that um, what I was seeing and feeling in the clinic actually translated to something on imaging and something that the docs could see. Fortunately, this particular injury was not a, not something that they could fix via surgery, but at the very least, we knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because she had very little pelvic floor control, we just started strengthening anything we could get our hands on, her hips, her glutes. We would still work on the pelvic floor. We ended up using the stem unit to get our muscles firing a little bit better. Um, and we really regulated her bowel movement. So I would have her like wake up half an hour early and then go and like sit on the toilet even before she felt the urge. So she could kind of learn what, what the urge, um, felt like again. And anyway, long story short, months later, um, she's back to work and she's totally, totally continent both ways. So, um, to see a, like a young parent with kind of a devastating injury. And I remember thinking on evaluation, like, wow, I don't know if I'm going to get this poor woman better. Um, and you just plug away with what you had and have, and she did get better. Um, and she's doing great. So that's one of my favorite, favorite stories. Wow. Well, thankfully she had you to help her through that because it sounds like it's a tough case. And also going through so many layers of discovering, what it is definitely challenging. It's not like an ankle sprain and, you know, a rotator cuff injury. That's just something that people come across all the time, especially. Exactly. And the other tough piece of being a pelvic floor PT is we're also navigating the patient's emotion um, through all of this and kind of helping them, like letting them know where there's hope if there is any. And um, also kind of trying to be real with them at the same time and helping them navigate. Yeah. Um, their emotional state during their recovery. 
I totally agree. I mean, I even had a patient today saying the exact same words that you did. Like, this is emotionally hard to navigate through that. I even have to go through this situation. It's awesome that you were able to build that trust and that relationship and, you know, help people recover. And it's, I think it's, that's the best part of being a public floor physical therapist, dealing with so many different layers that it's not as straightforward as just, you know, up and out, you know, kind of. Right. Exactly. It can be so life-changing for people with even the smallest amount of dysfunction, even if it's just like, you know, urinary frequency um, where they're running to the bathroom a lot, you know, that can really change somebody's life to not have to be looking for the bathroom all the time and wondering and being anxious about it. Yeah. And Um, even the quality of their sleep, if they have to wake up multiple times at night, you know, two, three, four, five, sometimes even six, seven, and eight times I have patients who have to wake up and go to the bathroom and Sleep is so crucial, so it affects so much of your life where it's really just a sensory or a muscular issue. Thank you so much for listening. I hope everyone gained a lot of new information out of this episode. Please subscribe and review the show. It means the world. I can't wait for you to listen to the next episode.